if Penn State was going to go outside of the box and get anybody for this offensive coordinator spot, they got the right guy. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And that is right. You are locked on Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Zach Seiko, bringing you all things Penn State Nittany Lions, including offensive coordinator hires. Check out FanDuel.com, the official sports book of Locked On, the official sports book that is now making your Free bets come true. All you got to do is bet $5 on any money line bet. And if it wins, you get $150 in bonus bets. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Well, Andy Cottlenicki is the next Penn State offensive coordinator here. We're talking all things from why this move happened, how it happened, why it makes a lot of sense, and how's the offense going to look? What's the staff going to look like? Right? Why why did this move happen? What are the concerns? Any concerns here? And then we're also bringing on Derek Johnson, the host of Locked on Jayhawks, to talk about this as well. First first things first, help out the channel. If you if you're not an everydayer already, subscribe to Locked on Nittany Lions on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts is this is the instant reaction to the show or to the hiring on this show of Andy Cottlenicki to Penn State. And this was the right hire. The, this was. And it, it's, a, it's a good one because of all the success that he has had wherever he's been, whether it's Wisconsin-Whitewater, whether it's Buffalo, Kansas, and he is somebody that, like Brandon Marion, when we talked about Coach Brandon Marion, who's now the offensive coordinator of UNLV, at least at this moment, right? We don't know what kind of moves he's going to make. But we talked about innovation. We talked about creativity. And that's something that is associated with Andy Kotelnicki here. And I, the the numbers show it where, wherever he's been, succeeding at every step along the way. But he's a young, up-and-coming offensive guru someone that runs uh, is not boxed in to an offensive system because everybody's concern everybody's concern was going to be well how does drew aller fit into the offense are they going to get a pro style coordinator are they going to embrace bo Prabula? maybe go back to a joe moorhead and from my point of view it did make sense to go get joe moorhead and bring him back to penn state but who knows what joe moorhead said uh, the conversation's not about what what should have been, what could have been with Joe Moorhead, right? It is about what Andy Connell-Nicky brings since he has been hired by Penn State or is set to be hired as Bruce Feldman of The Athletic reports this. Andy Connell-Nicky, uh, from his background, Wisconsin Whitewater, was the offensive coordinator of back-to-back national champions at the Division II level in 2013 and 2014. He has followed Lance Leipold wherever he has gone since for the past better part of the past decade here at, at Buffalo, two-time MAC conference runner-up, and Buffalo wasn't all that competitive. Then Leipold and Kyle Nicky showed up between 2015 and 2020, and those teams were much better, much competitive. 
uh, much more competitive. They went from two and 10 and progressively built up, right? They went from two and 10 to six and six to contending to winning the Mac East division, not winning the Mac conference title, but still that progress that they were able to reignite a program from the ground up. And then Kansas, Kansas was abysmal. Kansas had no, they thought everybody thought that they were cursed because Les Miles went in there, couldn't win. And then Lance Leipold and his staff, including Andal Cottle Nicky, show up and the offense becomes one of the powerhouse offenses in the Big 12, one of the more respected ones in all of the country. So that is what Penn State is getting, somebody who is innovative, someone who understands what it takes to be successful. I, I think it's key that people need to be in situations where they are winners, where they have success because then they know what the standard was. Okay, that's great that you have an awesome offense, but is your is your program doing all that great? Is your program doing well? He's won championships. He's rebuilt programs, part of rebuilds from the ground up. And he he's won it every step of the way so far. And this is the natural next spot to move from the Big 12 to the Big 10. At Kansas, Kansas was eight and four this past season in, in 2023. Kansas averaging over 35 points per game and 438 yards per game in 2022 and 33 over 33 points per game this season and third 434 yards per game. What I really like about Connell Nicky is the kind of play caller that he is exceptional play caller because you have to get creative in what, what he's building. So not only is he, creative with his offensive system. He gets creative with the offenses in the middle of the game. And that was something that it seemed like Mike Yersich was lacking. Okay. Connell Nicky, this is what Kansas, Kansas spectators, Kansas, and we're going to get the Kansas expert analysis at the end of the show to talk about and get that true full perspective. But Connell Nicky was really good at calling games when they were behind in a deficit. Connell Nicky didn't, didn't, die away, didn't change or made the necessary adaptations that had to go along with it in the game plan. But Connell, Connell Nicky did not basically fold at any sort of pressure. Kansas was very good at always remaining in the game. Some of his best game designs came when Kansas was at a deficit. Now we would like to see Penn State not play from behind, but don't don't rule out Penn State if they happen to trail, especially with the uptick in competition next season. It doesn't seem like he's st he's stubborn. It doesn't seem like he's a stubborn. He's he's and he's described as open minded, right? So what's kind of the opposite of stubborn? <laughs> open mindedness, uh, because this offensive system is described as multiple, multiple. A concern that was going to be coming in was, well, how, again, how does Drew Aller fit into the system? How does Bo Fabula fit into the system? Can it work in the Big Ten? Well, yes, because Connell Nicky is innovative. His offense isn't going to be cookie cutter. It's not going to say, well, I, because this worked in the Big 12, I know that it's going to work in the Big Ten. And that's not going to be the case. This is going to be a challenge. This is going to be a test for the Penn State football players because I feel like as complicated, even though it didn't seem like that in the execution, but from an X's and O's standpoint, Mike Yersich's offense was pretty complex and something that you had to study meticulously. 
What do we think that Andy Connell-Nicky system is going to be like? The exact same thing, if not a little more complex, because it's going to run so many different variations of offenses. You're going to have RPO. You're going to have pro style. You're going to have spread. He's going to get creative. So one of the biggest things that Connell-Nicky brought to Kansas is Kansas's offense was a two-quarterback system. I'm not saying that Bo Prevula and Drew Aller are going to split reps 50-50, but they were not afraid to have both Bean and Daniels on the field. Those are two Kansas quarterbacks on the field at the same time, and it worked. It didn't look clunky. Penn State tried it this year, and it just didn't look natural. But when it was Nicky calling it and executing it, yeah, it, it worked. Drew Aller will fit because Andy Nicky is going to make Drew Aller fit into this offense. If they have to adjust and Bo Perbula happens to be the quarterback for a number of snaps or games, knock on wood, because I don't want to see anybody get hurt. I want this to be a fair Drew Aller when, you know, is still the starter because he's earned it or vice versa that Bo Perbula somehow it takes over. Right. But I, I feel like there is going to be a reevaluation of the quarterbacks and why they're going to work is because Cottle Nicky is going to make the offense work around them. Okay. He was described as a quarterback whisperer. By Kansas fans, Kansas spectators, I mean, he had to coach with three different quarterbacks, so this makes a lot of sense. Jalen Daniels was uh, hurt for periods of time, and it, it it's unfortunate. You don't want to see your quarterbacks go down, but then Jason Bean steps up, and, and they don't miss a beat. He was able to succeed with third-string walk-on quarterbacks because Jason Bean dealt with injuries, his fair share also, in the past se- the season before, not in 2023 so much. But no matter who his quarterback was, Kansas's offense was still able to motor along. I know what everyone's going to say, and I'll save it for the third segment here, that, well, it's the Big 12 defenses. Anybody can. There's Texas is there, right? Uh, Oklahoma was a top 15 team this year. Kansas outscored Oklahoma this season and beat them right. So imagine if, Andy Cottle-Nicky and the Kansas offense are able to work with a third-string walk-on quarterback, what Drew Aller is going to be capable of, what Bo Prabula could be capable of in select quarterback packages, right? One, one statistic that stood out to me from, from Kansas in this past season is that they were number two in explosive pass plays. 20-plus yards is, an, is considered an explosive play. They were second in the country. So now it kind of factor that in. again, the, the types of players that Kansas had, they good college football, power five players, but now you have the resources, the system of Penn state and the talent Penn state's more talented than Kansas. So Connell Nicky, if he's able to do this at Buffalo, if he's able to do this at Kansas, what's he going to be able to do at Penn state? Right. I would also argue that he's a running back whisperer because yeah, the quarterbacks were able to do well, no matter who was the starting QB for Kansas, but the running backs at Buffalo and Kansas, and I'm going to show a little bias here, and this is actually a little fun fact about, about myself, and some people might remember the name Jarrett Patterson. Jarrett Patterson was the starting running back with the Bulls from 2018 to 2020. People might remember his famous eight-touchdown game. Well, Jarrett Patterson and I went to the same high school, conveniently enough. I was a senior and he was a freshman. I actually got to see him win uh, a, few, a couple of high school championships, a private private high school 
and they and they won in the private school league. But still, Jarrett Patterson went on to be a pretty good power, a good group five, I should say, a good group five running back. But here are the statistics from someone out, out of a small high school in Maryland was able to put together at the Division I level. In his first true freshman season, in his freshman season, five and a half yards per carry, a thousand yards, a thousand thirteen yards rushing, and fourteen touchdowns as a freshman, mind you. And then in 2019 as a sophomore, seventeen hundred ninety-nine yards, five point eight yards per carry, nineteen touchdowns, and then he got involved in the passing game a little more, two hundred nine yards receiving and a receiving touchdown. And then in a shortened schedule in 2020, six games. 1,072 yards, 7.6 yards per carry, 19 touchdowns in six games. Those were Jared, Jared Patterson's stats. And, and funny enough, I, I will share this. Uh, Jared Patterson, so when I was a senior, we had the senior freshman uh, youth mentorship set up at our high school, and uh, he was in my uh, small group. I was his youth mentor, if you can believe that. So, yes, that's again. Maybe he'll, I, ho- I hope he backs me up on that. If he ever, you know, hey, was Zach actually your youth mentor in high school? And he'll say, uh, yeah, I remember him. I hope he says that. But Jared, I actually know Jarrett Patterson on, on a personal level. And, <laughs> but that's what Kyle Nicky was able to do with Patterson. Patterson set himself up nicely for uh, to, get, to get picked up by the Washington Commanders and then signed by the Chargers. Now, Devin Neal at Kansas, does the system move over? Yes, it does, because here's how it translated. Once again, a freshman running back, 707 yards, 4.5 yards per carry, eight touchdowns. Then as a sophomore, Devin Neal does it again. Gets even better, 1,090 yards, 6.1 yards per carry, nine touchdowns. And then this year as a junior, 1,209 yards as we speak, 6.6 yards per carry, 15 rushing touchdowns. I would say that he's, so everybody's going to benefit here. Nicholas, and now you, you take you go from Jarrett Patterson, Devin Neal to Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen. You go from a Jalen Daniels who unfortunately isn't healthy and a Jason Bean to Duraller and Bo Prabula. The evidence is there in itself that Kansas was pretty upset about this. Somewhat, somewhat angry, right? You don't want to see, but Kansas really wanted to protect. What to, what they had in Coddle Nicky as the offensive coordinator. And, and that should be pretty telling. When a fan base, when the people scouting and watching and covering Kansas say, oh, you know, this one's going to sting a little bit, him, him moving on to Penn State. The proof's right there. That's all you need to know about. Is this a safe hiring? Is this a secure hiring by Penn State? Because it is. I see your comments. We're going to talk to you in, in just a moment here. But those are my initial thoughts on Andy Connell-Nicky as Penn State's next offensive coordinator. If they were going to go outside of Happy Valley, this was the move. I, between, I would say Joe Moorhead, if you wanted the familiarity, if you wanted to take a, a different step, if you wanted to go in a different direction, because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results, Andy Connell-Nicky's your guy. And Penn State, I think they, they aced this higher. And somebody Kansas tried to retain him as best as they could in Penn State because now you have Pat Kraft in the fold and everybody's aligned, as James Franklin said. That's how this move was able to happen. Probably got a pay raise because he was getting paid $1.1 million, it was reported at Kansas. 
Penn State probably was was able to outbid the Jayhawks here. Bottom line, Penn State gets an offensive mastermind, someone who is creative, someone who is going to build a system that is just going to be a headache for defenses. And if the players adjust, well, I'm going to discuss the timing of this hire as well, because that that is important. Penn State made that a huge priority going into this one. But the bottom line is Penn State gets a win with this offensive coordinator hire. The offense going into the Big Ten, uh, it's with the talent that he is going to have to work with is an overall, it's just so much better for Penn State this time around. But now, what is the staff going to look like? What is the offense actually going to look like under Cottle Nicky and James Franklin teamed up together? We'll discuss in just a moment here on the show, but let's hear from a sponsor on today's episode, and that is FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel, and right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team simply wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. And there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. NFL, college football, basketball, you name it, you can bet on it at FanDuel. We're waiting for that bowl game announcement because if you want to bet Penn State's next game, you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. And keep playing along with the football season. College football, NFL, FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And the Locked On Podcast Network is proud of this one, launching the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you, covering the top stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Penn State's offense and staff are going to have a little bit of a different look. I mean, the offense is going to get not necessarily completely made over, but it's going to have so many elements because what did Kansas run? What did Buffalo run? Well, when you look up what Kansas's offense was, it said multiple, multiple systems. So you have a pro-style quarterback. Oh, you're going to have elements of the pro-style offense with Drew Aller, Bo Prabula, something that, that is very interesting with, what Connell Nicky was able to do at Kansas because he had the quarterbacks to do it. And again, he will have the ability to do that at Penn state, multiple quarterback systems where this won't be just a specialty package where it shows up maybe once or twice in the game plan. There will be a concerted effort. This will be a part of the offense and Penn state has felt like it's always kind of had that luxury over the past, over the past five, seven years, right? Trace McSorley, Tommy Stevens, Sean Clifford, Will Levis, Drew Aller, Bo Prabula, right? Where guys can come in as, and, and you're able to not miss a beat and you can get creative with two quarterbacks on the football field. So that wasn't necessarily the bread and butter of Kansas's offense, but it was a pretty solid staple and something that Cottle Nicky incorporated very well into the system. But the elements, it, it's not going to be, well, Drew Aller's got to adapt to his system. It's going to be Connell Nicky's going to adapt his system to Penn State and, and the players that he has currently. You are going to see 
a lot of motion, a lot of resets at the line of scrimmage. Kansas isn't what what Kansas did successfully is that they were able to come out in one formation and entirely shift and confuse defenses. That's now going to come to the Big Ten, in this case for Penn State. Kotelnicki would line up the offense in a system where it would look one way and then completely shift around. And Penn State really felt like it didn't do that. They would do the, the check with me, right? They would check with the sideline and get the second call after reading the defense. And Drew Aller would make the adjustments at the line of scrimmage. And then Penn State would almost stay in the identical formation. Maybe a wide receiver shifts around or a running back flips the hip and goes from the right of Drew Aller to the left. Okay, that That's not going to be the case. What, what Kansas would like to do is line up in one formation and then just almost completely in, and change the entire part of the formation. They, w- they would completely change it. They also like to use the outside quite a bit. Jet sweeps were a name of the game for Kansas. They would do things where they get the ball just into space. Okay, That's a simple way to put it. Get the football into space. And when you have speedsters like Nicholas Singleton, who can get to the outside, Dante Cephas is really fast. Could we see Caden Saunders maybe benefit from a playbook like this, where he would have elements. Yes, you, we're gonna, you're going to run the ball in between the tackles. But for Cottle Nicky, he liked to use the sweeps and get his fastest players to the outside. So imagine Nicholas Singleton lining up to the outside, coming in motion, taking the jet sweep and continuing to the outside beyond the numbers because, as we saw in the Michigan State game, that's what ultimately worked. The, the, new, the new look offense is going to have a lot of different wrinkles that the Big Ten hasn't really seen it's it's refreshing because it felt at times the offense was very bland and i know that everyone's going to say the big 12 did not provide that much resistance but i I think the the creativity the innovation is going to move past a lot of that let's talk about the coaching staff itself what will the coaching staff look like for Penn State now. For Cottle Nicky, he was the offensive coordinator and the associate head coach at Kansas. He wasn't a position coach. So this is where it gets interesting because I was under the impression that, okay, J1 Sider is kind of, it feels like he's outgrown Penn State to an extent, that he's now had his time as a play caller. He wants to be a play caller, a full offensive coordinator, not just a run game coordinator, not just a a game planner. He wants to call plays on Saturdays and and who knows, maybe even beyond, right? And you bring somebody outside, you don't hire within, you don't promote J1 Sider. Does Sider just immediately go back to the running back spot? There's a possibility of that. I want to get, there's nothing confirmed. There's only, only speculation at this point and where I think the system would best work. Danny O'Brien has been talked about as an up and coming coach, a rock star. James Franklin really believes in him, does not want to let him go. I think that you can make, if you can make Cottle Nicky, the offensive coordinator, and then see what you can do to give position coaches, position, position coaching spots depending on how how this all works out. But I, because Cottle Nicky wasn't coaching the quarterbacks, and I would argue that he might be a good running backs coach. 
So what about promoting J1 Sider to the quarterback spot? Danny O'Brien maybe stays on as a graduate assistant still and said, you know, that your that your time will come because the coaching staff is going to continually change. I don't fully anticipate that everybody is going to stick around for the next three, four, five years. And, and as spots open up, then yeah, it, it, it'll make it'll make sense. But the the coaching staff will have some guys that will probably take over graduate assistant spots. Cottle Nick, he's going to want to bring in some specific people to be on his staff, guys that he's worked with to give promotions, bring them to Penn State as well, get a raise, right? Can't they're pro- Penn State's probably going to be able to pay more for those assistants than Kansas. But it'll be interesting because you're not going to promote him. He's, now, he's not going to be the associate head coach anymore at Penn State. So I'm wondering what position spot he will take unless he's just the offensive coordinator, just the play caller. That might work out in itself, and then you make Danny O'Brien the quarterback's coach. You have Jay one Sider still as the running back's coach. Ty Howe as the tight ends guy. Phil Troutwine as the offensive line. Marcus Haggins as wide receiver. The dynamic is going to be interesting, but I, I, I'm still under the impression that Jay one Sider, how, how do you feel about that? If you're going from play caller back to, well, we, we need you to be the running back's coach again. But maybe there's a plan here. Maybe Penn State and James Franklin are able to sell him or Ty Howell on, hey, Andy, Andy Cottlenicki is probably going to be here for the next two, three, four years if everything goes right. And then when that's finished, now that you both have some experience as being actual play callers in the Big Ten, this promotion makes sense. I, I'm anticipating that we will see probably the same, the status quo here. If Penn State can convince Jay One Sider to stay as the running backs coach, Ty Hall as the tight ends coach, and then Danny O'Brien as an assistant on the staff with the idea that eventually those guys will get promotions or find jobs that are better suited for them in the future, that is what the staff is going to look like. But I, I am intrigued by it. I'm actually really curious what could happen. Let's take a look at the comments here. Everyone's been patient, and we'll open up the discussion to all of you. Is this a splash or a pass? Skipsters says who? Oh, I hope I, I hope I described very well who Andy Cottlenicki is. I say splash. I do say splash. And the other beat writers are working overtime to sell this guy. I guess I'm working overtime too as a, as a podcast host, right? Another Big 12 guy. Yes, another Big 12 guy, but somebody who has been moving up the ranks progressively and has shown a lot of success everywhere that he's been question is how does this offense change week to week to put the offense in the best position to win big games and State's going to get a very complex offensive system it's going to be multiple they're they're not going to be boxed in and i think that's going to be different from what we've seen in the big 10 the big 10 a lot of the big 10 west schools are very finite they're they're married to these systems that are the traditional ground and pound. Think of the Iowa's, the Illinois, Wisconsin going through a little bit of a change with Luke Fickle, but Penn State really going off the grain and something that is going to incorporate a lot of different elements that utilize the outside, the interior. It's not going to be smash mouth football. Sometimes it will be when it needs to be, but then there's going to be some trickery involved. Not buying it sounds like an inexpensive, inexpensive gadget offensive coordinator. 
I don't think this move was inexpensive by any means. I think Penn State typically they pay their coordinate they have paid their coordinators at about the one to one and a half million dollar range. And now the checkbook is going to increase to two, two and a half, maybe even three million. What's the discussion with Manny Diaz, right? I trust you, Zach. Let's go. This is just part of this is, you know, my what I'm seeing, what I'm reviewing. It's also what everybody else is seeing too, because you're not going to see that many different things that are being said about Andy, Andy Connell, Nikki, unless it's totally off the beaten path. Okay. Everybody is not necessarily going to have the same opinion, but the, the numbers are there. Kansas's offense was one of the better ones in the entire country, whether it was explosive plays, whether it was yards per play, all the different sorts of metrics, and they were better than Penn State's. Okay. You are getting an upgrade here. I know the level of defense is different, the Big 12, but you have to think about the likes of Texas, okay? Kansas State plays good defense. Maybe not necessarily Oklahoma. Traditionally, Mike Gundy runs some good defenses in Oklahoma State. And guess what? Kansas either went to outside of Texas. Texas was, it is a college football playoff contender this year. And Kansas only scored 14 points against them. But you outscored Oklahoma. You almost knocked off Kansas State. You almost knocked off Oklahoma State. All this year, Kansas went eight and four with the talent that they had. They put up 34, and this is a great comment here. I watched the Illinois versus Kansas game, and let me tell you, he did look better than Yersich. Illinois, one of the staples of their team this year was they were a great run defense, or at least a very respectable one because they had, they had the law firm, right? One of them is Drazon Newton is going to be a first round pick in the upcoming draft. And Penn state really didn't have much of an answer. Eventually they wore them down and they scored 30 points, but Illinois had no way to stop Kansas. And if you remember that game, if you watched that game, I watched that game live. Kansas was well out in front of Illinois, and the score, the scoreboard's going to say, the box score's going to say 34 to 23. Zach, what are you talking about? That game was within two scores. Illinois could have easily come back. Kansas was up by a boatload, and Illinois was trying to go for two, was run, it was basically going no huddle, two-minute drill the rest of the way. Kansas had that one from start to finish. And Illinois, you, you figured because Kansas was going to did so well against Illinois that Penn State was going to reap the same benefits, and, and they did not. I'd like to know what Manny Diaz thinks about this hire. I, I imagine that he probably thinks it's a really good hire. Penn State's got to sell him on the fact that he will benefit more as the defensive coordinator than going to take a head coaching spot at the potential of Duke, right? That he's... In the mix, the reports say that he is in the mix for the Duke spot. And we took those rumors, the speculation, and I, I saw smoke there with that one. And now it's turning into a little bit of a fire. But they're also interviewing Jim Knowles. Hey, Duke, if you want to go hire Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator of Ohio State, by all means, please, I, I encourage you to do that. I think that would be an absolute home run hire if you pick Jim Knowles over Manny Diaz. Don't get it twisted. Make the right decision and take Ohio State's defensive coordinator away that had a top five defense for the Buckeyes this year. If you do that, you're a smart program. You know that. <laughs> but I, I appreciate all of your comments. Mike says it, it'll end up being a good hire if he can milk more talent out of Aller. Yersich did not bring out the best. 
No, he didn't. And I think where Mike Yersich really hurt Drew Aller is confidence. And this is never going to show up on a stat sheet or a box score, but Drew Aller just did not look confident. There wasn't, there wasn't a belief in your five-star quarterback. When Penn State needed to move the football and, and had to get drives going in the biggest games of the season, Penn, State, Penn State's passing game was abysmal. But you took the football out of Drew Aller's hands. And Drew Aller, whether, you, whether people want to agree with me or not, is the five-star quarterback, is a pocket passer. He's not a dual threat, but somehow Mike Yersich tried to turn him into one. I, I think that Cottle Nicky, again, won't box Drew Aller in. He'll be able to find a way to utilize his talents and make it work regardless of the system. Because you're going to get multiple systems. You're not going to just get one system that it's, oh, it's going to be a pro style with elements of RPO. No, you're going to get everything. You're going to get spread. You're going to get under center. You're going to get shotgun. You're going to get multiple running backs because you have Singleton and Allen. I was beating this drum the entire season. When are we going to see them both on the field outside of the T formation? Now I truly believe that we will see elements of the, that offense within Penn State next season. A plus higher, says Robert. I hope so. I, I really do. I really do hope so. But right now, everything looks good. But what are the concerns? We're also going to get Kansas's expert analysis from Derek Johnson of Locked On Jayhawks coming up momentarily. But I want to address your concerns. I do. The Big 12 defenses, what, is that, what does that mean for another coach that, oh, yeah, he succeeded in the Big 12, but how's he going to do in the Big 10? We'll discuss in just a moment. I want to talk about another sponsor on today's episode, and that is Team Ticker. Everybody watching the live show, I appreciate you tuning in, and I'm going to do a great job of describing it for the audio listeners that listen to this one back. To my left there is the Team Ticker sign. Team Ticker, one-of-a-kind sports sign for you, all you Nittany Lion fans out there. Whether it's football, men's and women's basketball, baseball, soccer, softball, Team Ticker has you covered. Never miss a game as the high-tech retro display provides a countdown to the next big game as well as daily updates on the latest team news, stats, schedules, standings, and so much more. Mobile app connects to your internet so you can get those daily updates and they're accurate and ready to go all the time. So it's essentially, it's a smart sign, essentially. And then easy setup. I, I had it on the wall up in seconds and re ready and running all set up in a matter of minutes. Each sign is officially licensed, meeting high-quality standards and is assembled by hand in the United States. Team Ticker is the ultimate upgrade to your Nittany Lions sports collection. And once you hang it on the wall, it is going to be the talk of all your fellow Penn State fans. If you're looking for that one eye-catching item for your to showcase your team pride or a gift for that special Nittany Lions fan, go to teamticker.com and pick up your Team Ticker today. And for this holiday season, Team Ticker wants to help you out with a $50 discount when you use promo code Locked on. So go to teamticker.com, find that Penn State sign. And when you go to check out, use promo code locked on for $50 off your team ticker purchase. Team ticker is the one of a kind sports sign for Penn State Nittany Lion fans. And in this final segment, before we welcome on our special guest, Derek Johnson of Locked On Jayhawks, also does Kansas radio as Kansas area radio as well. Are there any concerns here? Because yes. The, the same song and dance as Mike Yersich was relatively successful at, at Oklahoma State. Called plays. Those teams were really good. 
I, I got to say that the Big 12, it, defense five, six years ago was not the same as it is now. I, I think the Big 12 plays a little bit more defense. And why is that? Why, why is defense in the Big 12 so suspect? For one thing, seven on seven is a huge thing in the offseason. You can only play so much tackle football year round. So most programs, developmental programs, especially high school, right? In the SEC, in SEC territory, Big 12 territory, the Southwest, the Southeast. And the, my point is in seven on seven, no defense is played. You, you can't tackle. You can't, if you're good at defense in seven on seven, you're a special type of football player. But what, what I'm getting at here is that all those, all those players in the Texas area, Florida, a lot of them are used to the, they, they, gain that offensive experience. They, they perfect their offensive skills and defense is almost all but left behind in, in seven on seven, because it makes sense. It's, it's supposed to be an offensive type of game, but seven on seven, you can do a little bit of seven on seven in Pennsylvania in the warmer, but in the warmer climate and the warmer parts of the country, that is why seven on seven flourishes in California, Texas, and Florida, because, and same thing with baseball, right? I'm not trying to invoke a baseball conversation here, but you can play that sport year round for seven on seven. It's kind of the same thing. You can have that element almost year round. And that is why big 12 defenses pac 12 for, for what it was at, at one point. And, and now <laughs> I, you you see that those players who are really good at seven on seven move into these defenses. So that is why the Big Twelve doesn't routinely play a lot of defense. But I would say that it's a lot better in years past, and I, I'm eager to get Derek's perspective on it because he will understand since he's watched a lot of Big Twelve football here and a lot of Kansas football as well. So coming over from the Big Twelve to the Big Ten is a concern, but I think when you show that you win championships at Wisconsin Whitewater at Division Two. You go from a 2-10 and 10 Buffalo team to a team that is contending for MAC titles year in and year out. And also getting the most out of your players, too. Eight touchdown games out of Jarrett Patterson, for crying out loud. And then going to Kansas and taking a team that was... Nobody wanted to coach that team. Les Miles didn't even work out. And look what he did at the likes of LSU, right? And he goes in there and he's able to put together good, great offensive systems that are able to outscore the likes of Oklahoma, a ranked Oklahoma team that beat and knocked off a Texas team. And Kansas was able to win that game. So that, that's the first one. The second one is, well, James Franklin has said that he values head coaching experience in his coordinators, right? James Franklin, uh, which because that's why I fully anticipated that Joe Moorhead is probably the logical candidate here. Why even entertain Andy Cottlenicki? Because he's just an offensive coordinator. He's not even a position coach, but he was the associate head coach at Kansas. He was the associate head coach at a Power Five football program. On top of that, the system that Lance Leipold likes to run may not be exactly similar to the way James Franklin does things, but it's identical. Lance Leipold is very hands-off, and, and I think Derek from Locked on Jayhawks will be able to confirm or deny this, but the way that I've seen it is that James Franklin 
and Lance Leipold allow their coordinators, allow their coaches to do their job, to be the leader of their respective unit. So Andy Coddle Nicky doesn't need to be coddled here, right? A little bit of a play on words, but he doesn't need to be coddled, and James Franklin doesn't have to babysit him all the time and make sure, you know, hey, is the offensive system good here? What, what works? What doesn't? James Franklin is going to be able to have his influence wherever he needs to be. The wide receivers, the offense, the defense, recruiting, dinners, alumni, right? Everything, because that's what it takes to be a good college football program leader. So Connell Nicky isn't going to be a liability in this case. He'll be able to be independent and on his own. And those, all those guys will collaborate again. Connell Nicky, Cider, how James Franklin will get together. It's not just going to be one by himself. All of those guys collaborated throughout the season. And now you're getting someone that is open-minded. Mike Yersich said that one of the things that he was learning to do going into the season, this was in interviews leading up to the season, that he he felt like he needed to listen a little more. And I feel like Cottle Nicky is someone that is going to be able to, to listen to adapt his game plan, to base it around the needs of what is going on with, with Drew Aller in the Big Ten. It's not going to be cookie cutter. It's not going to be. He's adjusted his system, whether it was at Division II, whether it was at Buffalo, Kansas, and he's going to make it work for the Big Ten. So those were, I think, the two biggest concerns. The, the skill level uh, of the Big 12, the defense, lack of defense, no defense at all. And then what about the head coaching experience? Well, he has that even without the head coaching title and something that Mike, Mike Yersich kind of lacked in this case. Mike Yersich was an associate head coach. He called plays. He was an offensive coordinator. He was the passing game coordinator at Ohio State. But there still was that element of there needed to be a little more too much collaboration almost, it felt like, at times. Everyone's been patient. We have Derek Johnson waiting in the wings from a locked on Jayhawks. I am excited to speak with him and you should be excited for that conversation because we are going to get the true perspective of what Andy Connell Nicky is bringing to happy Valley and the Penn state Nittany Lions.